Uh, welcome to episode, what are we, episode five of Ricardo's podcast. Um, I just wanted to record an, a special episode, actually. Um, you know, I'd finished recording Sunday's podcast, and a few hours later, I heard about or learned of Kobe Bryant passing away in a helicopter, and worse, passing away with his daughter on board, and passing away with other families, friends, and, and other children who were on the helicopter as well. And so, you know, I, I was I was half asleep and my wife woke me up and told me about it. And it just seemed like the most unbelievable thing. Like Kobe doesn't die, at least not at 41, not Mamba. And so I went on my WhatsApp chat, checked in with my friends. And sure enough, we were all kind of piecing this information together at the same time. And, you know, when it became clear that he did indeed pass away, it was just a really devastating moment for many of us because... I mean, Kobe is probably the one superstar athlete who we've actually seen him grow up. We've seen the entire arc of his life. We've seen Kobe as a high school kid coming into the NBA. We saw Kobe kind of understand what it takes to win championships. We also saw him, you know, be petulant at times, be a difficult teammate, be a difficult person. He was a complicated person. But through it all, you know, there were certain things that just really stuck out with us. And so, you know, as I was talking to my friends, you know, we went through like the whole gamut of emotions. And, you know, my initial thoughts were, you know, just like this, this is unbelievable. You know, it just couldn't happen to him. And, you know, as the news started trickling in about his daughter as well, I started kind of looking at it as a parent and, you know, just thinking through what he must have been going through in that moment as, you know, in those final moments with your child, when you can't do the one thing that you always say you'll do for your children, which is protect them. I, I just couldn't really, really, you know, I just couldn't fathom what he must have gone through. And, you know, the other thing that makes it so difficult to deal with is that, you know, Kobe was going into this really great second act of his life. He'd been a great athlete. He'd been a wonderful basketball player. He'd been such an inspirational figure on the court, but he got to a point where he'd put that to the side He'd gone into media, he'd gone into, you know, he has a show detail, he'd won an Oscar, he was going to do all of these great things that we thought he was capable of, because, you know, when I think of the great athletes of my lifetime, I would say, you know, Kobe ranks right up there, if not at the very top among those who I find the most intelligent, those who I think no matter what they do, they would be successful. And so, you know, it, it was just so weird, you know, seeing him move into this next phase of his life and wanting to see, you know, what was going to happen next for Kobe? What was the next great thing that he was going to do? And then being stuck in a position where, you know, you're like, wow, the story's over already. This is this is impossible. And, you, you know, as as I started looking around and, you know, seeing all the tributes pour out, the thing that became so clear to me is that he meant so much to so many and I've, I've never seen someone like Kobe who was so loved by so many people, but who appeared to put so little effort into being liked by others. Like the entire concept of the Mamba mentality, which he lived by, was kind of a by any means necessary mentality, a mentality that said, you know, I'm out to win and it doesn't matter who I crush in the process. And yet there was something about this mentality that seemed to have connected with so many other great sportsmen. So, you know, over the last 48 hours, the things that I've seen trickling in from the tribute from Neymar when he scored a penalty for PSG, from Nick Kyrgios at the uh, Australian Open coming out with a number eight uh, Kobe Bryant jersey, and then later on, 
you see early this morning, um, it was uh, Novak Djokovic who was, you know, came out with the green jumper with the uh, initials KB and the numbers 8 and 24 representing his numbers that he wore, you know, while during his career for the Lakers. And then, you know, not even just the international scene, because you can think that those guys, they're paying homage to him because they never competed with him. But then when you go to the NBA and you look at someone like Tracy McGrady, who was his contemporary, who he competed on, competed against, just break down in tears as he's sitting there talking about Kobe. And then the thing that really got me was, you know, when they were talking to Luka Doncic and asked him, you know, what will you miss about Kobe Bryant? And he just said one word and he just said everything. And it was just so it was just so touching to see so many of his competitors, so many of his peers who so clearly respected him, have such kind words um, to say about him. And, you know, as we look today, you know, it's, it's just a numbing feeling. I think for my generation, and that's people, you know, I would say not a full generation, but I'd say people, you know, under 40, but, you know, above 35 or thereabouts. I mean, this is the saddest day in sports history for us. This is kind of our version of, you know, without, you know, being controversial, but I think it's, the JFK assassination of sports, you know, just to live in a world where someone as important as Kobe Bryant is no longer a part of the landscape and someone who so many of us had, you know, enjoyed his time, enjoyed his career. And, you know, there I have friends who are massive Kobe fans who, you know, they're more Kobe fans than Laker fans. And that was the thing about Kobe is that there was this cult of personality around him where, even people who didn't consider themselves Laker fans considered themselves Kobe fans. And, you know, they were some of the toughest people to deal with, some of the toughest people to have conversations with sports about because they would kind of allow for no argument that did not end with Kobe's one of the best ever or Kobe's the closest thing to Michael Jordan. And, you know, some of those people are my good friends. And, you know, I reached out to one of my friends and, you know, I just sent him a message saying, hey, did you get the news about Kobe. And the thing he responded with was the saddest day of my life. And it was not an exaggeration. You know, my group chat, the messages going back and forth were just about how tough it was, how hard it was to believe that this was happening. And, you know, as I think about it, one of the other things that, you know, came to mind that we were discussing was just the process of mourning a celebrity, right? None of us ever met Kobe. None of us were fortunate enough to even be in the same room as him, except for, you know, perhaps going to a Lakers game. But yet, why do we feel it so, so diff? Why is it so difficult for us to deal with his death? And I think a part of it is that, you know, there are ways that athletes, uh, entertainers, um, other public figures can be a part of your life, can contribute to so much happiness. I mean, for me, that person is Roger Federer. I don't think there's anyone who contributes to as much happiness in my life outside of my mom, my wife, my children, a few of my closest friends. And I, I think when someone, when you get so much joy out of watching someone perform and then, you know, you want the best for them because they've given you so much, it hits you really hard when you feel like life is somehow unfair or this person is no longer going to be here. And so, you know, there, there's this polemic sometimes about why are you more mourning for this person? You've never met them. And I, I, I don't think that's a requirement. If you feel something for someone, you, you have to let it out and you have to just deal with it and, you know, not, you know, feel like somehow you're embarrassed because you're mourning uh, the life of someone who you've never met. And 
you know, as I, as I continue to deal with it, as I continue to process it, one of the things that I'm certain about is that no matter what it is that I'm feeling, it's only a fraction, not, not even a fraction, just there's no comparison to what I'm feeling and what his wife must be going through, you know, as someone who lost not only her husband, but one of her children. And, you know, it, it just got me thinking about, you know, how sometimes we may think that, you know, we have more time than we have, or sometimes how we take for granted the very act of just getting home, of leaving home in the morning and getting home in the evening. And you're never really sure, you know, when it's your time to go. And I, I think when I, that's what, you know, this really put in perspective for me was when I saw this and as I started processing it, I mean, I just went through, you know, I went immediately on my email uh, the next morning and sent an email to a friend who I hadn't spoken to for maybe like two and a half months over really some bullshit. But I just sent him an email and say, man, look, I miss you. I love you. Uh, hopefully we can talk soon because it really made me realize how sometimes that we think we have more time than we do. We think that, you know, we can always just get around to it, but sometimes we can't. And, you know, I, I think this is one of those situations that kind of put that in perspective for me. So, you know, as I continue to process it, what I think about first and foremost is the career. And I think about, you know, the many levels of his career of, you know, becoming a champion, remaining a champion, um, also the difficult parts of his career where, you know, he blew up the team with Shaq. And I mean, I was a Shaq guy. I, I preferred Shaq to Kobe. So when, when Kobe ran Shaq out of LA, I spent the entire second half of Kobe's career rooting against him. And, you know, but I never lost sight of the fact that he was someone who had this great commitment to excellence, to competitiveness, for grit, for, you know, just, you know, getting the most out of your talent, because one of the things people say all the time is that talent is cheap. And Kobe showed you what you can really get out of, you know, the marriage of talent, discipline and dedication. And, you know, there was a quote yesterday from uh, Max Kelman on ESPN, where he said, you know, everybody wanted to be like Mike, but Kobe was the only one who put the work in. And I think it's so true. Like one of the things that, you know, everyone who played against him, or had anything to say about him, the thing they talked about the most was just Kobe's work ethic, the way that he would just grind and grind and grind and get the most out of his talent. And, you know, when I think about, you know, paying homage to him, like now that he's gone, what is it that you can do going forward that can kind of keep his legacy alive? And I think it's just to take that same work ethic to whatever it is that you do, right? Whether you are... I don't know, a basketball player, just someone who cleans houses or someone who's a lawyer or someone who's a doctor or an engineer, whatever field of work that you're in is to take that same grit, to take that same dedication to your craft, to take that same dedication to excellence, to take that same intolerance to mediocrity into everything that you do. I think that's kind of the legacy. And the other half of it that, you know, is I'm still processing that's really, really hard actually is you know, Kobe has a father and he was someone who, you know, he was a man with four daughters and seemed to really love it and enjoyed it. And, you know, watching him parent with his daughter was just such, it was such a different side of him because his entire career, you saw this person who was a hard ass, who was a competitor, who was, you know, never gave an inch, but then you saw him with his daughters and he was so tender, so motivating and was really a champion for women's sports. Like, you know, a week before he passed on, he was saying how 
someone like Diana Taurasi could play in the WNBA. And, you know, he was coaching his daughter, trying to get her to become, you know, a better basketball player. And, you know, the fact that he passed away doing something as mundane as taking your child to a game makes it even more human because it's something we can all relate to, perhaps not in a helicopter, but certainly we've all gone through the process of those of us who are parents, you know, taking our children to certain events and like, you know, we're going there because we want them to be better. We want to encourage them to do these things and to have this happen. You know, it, it made it so much more of a human tragedy because I think so many more people could identify with it. And so looking at that commitment to fatherhood, you know, it, it, it kind of resonates with me a bit as well because, you know, I have two kids and I think through, you know, what can I give to them on a day-to-day basis that shows my commitment. And, you know, so, so I think, you know, as we, as we think through, you know, what's happened and how do we process this as we continue to process it, I think maybe one of the things that can help us get through it the most is to try to focus on the qualities that we think Kobe himself would have embodied, which is excellence, grit, hard work, dedication to what it is that you do. And even in doing that, it still doesn't make it any easier. The world still has lost someone who I just felt would have been great at anything that he did because, because of his intellect, because of his commitment to whatever his craft was, it would have just been great to watch whatever the second act of his life was going to be like. And also, you know, to watch Kobe age as like, you know, a statesman of the NBA. He was supposed to be inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, this year. And, you know, we're not going to get to see his Hall of Fame induction speech. Um, we're not going to be able to see Kobe grow old as a Laker. Like when I look at Kobe, what I wanted for him was to be like Bill Russell as kind of, you know, this this person who's a reference point for the Lakers institution. And now we've lost that. We've lost kind of this, this reference point for basketball in the late 90s, early 2000s. And, you know, there's so much, there's so much knowledge of the game that has passed on. But more than that, you know, a wife has lost her husband. Um, three daughters have lost their father. And a mother has lost her daughter. And three sisters have also lost one of their sisters. So it's, it, it's, it's really a great tra- tragedy. And, you know, there's really no way to really spin this other than that. It's, it's one of the saddest days in the history of professional sports. And, you know, thoughts and prayers go out not only to Kobe and his family, but also to the families of those who are on the plane as well, because they're also a part of this tragedy. And I, I think it's important that, you know, their families also receive our condolences, receive our prayers and receive our support uh, during this time. So, yeah, I just wanted to get my thoughts together and, you know, put some words together on what I thought about Kobe Bryant and, you know, what I thought about this tragedy as, you know, I go through it and discuss it with my friends and try to make sense of what is still to me, you know, the saddest day um, in the history of professional sports as we all try to make sense of, of what happened.